Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story is that I would like to thank everybody who came out to our meetups. We had that great meetup at Neighbors last Sunday. I had a meetup in New York on Friday. We even squeezed in a little fundraiser for Garland on Monday. So people came out for all that stuff. It was super fun meeting people. If you want to do a meetup, Set it up, invite us. Maybe we'll be able to go. Go to thepropreport.com, the meetup tab, and you can start your own topic. But I did, I learned two things on my travels. One was quite profound, and I am going to save that for Share the Show Tuesday because it is relevant to that. And the other was surprising to me. People apparently missed my Van Halen retrospective, which I had stopped before I was finished because I'm like, it's like religion. So many people spend so much time on music that what the heck could I possibly add? But apparently, uh, I don't know if it was because I'm silly and clueless, but or I have some fresh insights, but people liked it. So it's back. It's back. Awesome. So I will give you that today in the patron 15. And Binkley, tell, why don't you tell me about someone who didn't have as much fun on Friday night? Yeah, there's a guy who is trying to find love, you know, in this pandemic COVID world and got onto a dating app called Bumble. Bumble, the dating app, is actually where the women choose. They get to determine who the match is. So instead of the guys being the initiator, it's the women that are the initiator. How does Tinder work? Is it not is Tinder? Well, Tinder, one? anybody could swipe, but on Bumble, from what I understand, Chicks the women, get to pick? the, yeah, this, the sell of, of Bumble is that it's women that choose. And which makes it interesting for this story because a capital quote, rioter was arrested after being turned in by his match on the online dating site Bumble. And the Justice Department has charged this rioter and he was turned in after after getting matched and then apparently after bragging about his exploits. And the court documents say that Robert Chapman, uh, he told his Bumble match, he said, I did storm the Capitol. And he said that he made it all the way into the statuary hall. And the other Bumble user replied by saying, we're not a match. I would say, yes, you are, because you chose him unless you're an online covert federal agent <laughs> who was seeking him out to turn him in, which is more likely. Is it case. anonymous? Is she anonymous? Or do I you don't have, have a name? name for her. Yes, right now. Yeah. I, don't, I tried to find the court documents. Me. haven't been able yeah. to, to find them yet. But the interesting part of the story really is that after the user who quickly reached out to the FBI, according to the prosecutor, sending the screenshots of the conversation, like immediately after having this happen. And I'm looking at a picture of the guy who's got giant mutton chops, has QAnon written all over his face. <laughs> this person was sought He's a out. cutie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wasn't hiding it, then revealed he was this QAnon or, or capital stuff. He was probably advertising it, making himself a target, and he was targeted by this person and now the FBI. And the, this has become the hallmark of these 
Capitol riot investigations, incriminating social media posts or social media dating apps. They're, they're finding information on Facebook. They're finding it on TikTok. They're finding it on Twitter, on Parler, on Snapchat. And they've used all of these social media accounts where people are bragging and posting pictures to arrest over 390 people. And the FBI actually corroborated that it was him, that he was there at the Capitol by cross-referencing images from Bumble with images they had from inside the Capitol on January 6th. I was wondering a couple of things. One is if he could have been exaggerating when he when he was telling her the story, because if she were a honeypot, like I remember there was a Project Veritas video where he got a bureaucrat to talk about killing her husband and her husband was not dead. So people (laughs) can sometimes if you're egged on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but. It's and it's like the other it's like the other things where that was another a Project Veritas thing you brought us last week where they the honeypot pro- yeah they probably egged the guy on yeah on social media same so, thing but more the, the serious issue is what expectation of privacy you should have or what they have the right to look at on your social media and I think I, I mean I haven't brushed up on it recently but if i recall correctly it's your expectation of privacy that kind of determines i could be getting this wrong but the 4th amendment right stuff it's like did you have an expectation of privacy like they used to say a a letter that you mail in the mail the outside of the letter was adjudicated that you could not expect that to have an expectation of privacy because it's on the outside so that gave the government carte blanche to get information off the outside of your envelopes, which which to me feels like not quite right, especially since they have a monopoly on the post. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I would err yeah. on the side of expectation of privacy. And, but yeah. but it's kind of a double edged sword, because if they if they make these stories prominent enough, you will ha- you a reasonable person should not have an expectation of privacy. However, yeah. There's a psychological element here that mm-hmm. may be impossible to get over because these things are designed to be personal. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I, that sounds yeah. like a question for Robert Barnes. The psychological element of it, people are at home by themselves, behind their computer. You're not physically in a public space making your words and your posts public. You're privately doing it at home. It feels private anyway, and you're posting it out to the digital world, which thus makes it public. But the, the feel of it is different than just going out in public and saying some of the things that you might say to a large group of people. And there are places that have in the past been adjudicated as the public square, as places that you have First Amendment right. So if it, it I mean, I almost wonder if there's some nuance to it that if you don't have an expectation of privacy, then maybe it's considered public and then you would have a First Amendment right. You know, I don't really know how it would go nuance wise. Yeah. But if there is no place for us to exercise our First Amendment rights and no place for us to have any expectation expectation of privacy because of government policy forcing us into the digiverse for every interaction, including school, which you're required to go to as a kid. It just it feels to me like there's no way to get yourself some First Amendment rights or real expectation of privacy. And and it's like a pincer movement or closing in on all sides. It's like the Star Star Wars or like the trash compactor yeah. starts coming there's no way out right i don't know who said it i heard it on coast to coast years ago but 
the person said that the Facebook is a self it's a self-generating intelligence dossier. And that stuck with me because it's so true. It gets us to give all of our private information just and now it's being used against us. I saw on The Onion or on The Onion's website a hilarious video that was so well done. It was a mock cong- congressional hearing with the FBI, the CIA, CIA, I guess. The guy sitting there saying, look, you don't understand. We were going to set something like this up, but it was just unbelievable. People just started dumping much more than we even thought that they would yeah, have right. to yeah, tell. Yeah. Like, he's like, it's just mind boggling. And I was like, wow, that's so true. But it was, totally. It was satire. People's desire to express themselves is very powerful. You give them that outlet and now it's being exploited. So we're, we have a milestone coming up. Yes. On Thursday, it's Biden's 100th day in office. Going to be huge because <laughs> this is the most epic. We can say huge again. It's not yeah. going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, we're back to huge again. I don't know how Biden says huge. Huge, maybe. I, I don't know. But apparently the verdict's in and, and we have the most successful 100 days of presidency ever that's ever existed it's been phenomenal and we're going to hear about it during his speech to the the congress on wednesday he, he didn't do the state of the union and we know why why because he was so focused on the work on getting shots in arms and <laughs> taking care of this vaccine and this pandemic that he wanted to push out this speech until we've made progress and, and now it's time okay well it, he must do a formal State of the Union. It is in the Constitution. I believe it's Article 2, Section 3, if I'm not mistaken. Although it only says he shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. So he does have to give them a state of the union from time to time. My guess is there's laws about it, but he is supposed to do it. I also think that the basically in my voting lifetime, I've thought of every president being worse than the president before. And I measure that basically just on the fact that the national debt goes up by uh, you know, always goes up. Yeah. But actually, it, it it doesn't always go. It hasn't always in my lifetime, my voting lifetime, always gone up by a huge amount. It the biggest percentage increase in my voting. Well, I didn't. I was too young to vote for Reagan, but his it percentage increase was phenomenal. Trump's was pretty low as a percentage because the starting point was so high. But in absolute numbers, he is is one of the highest of all time of increasing the national debt. And it's just funny because Republicans tend to preside over greater increases in the national debt just from like my eyeballing of the past, whatever, 40 years. But they but a lot of times they have Democrat legislatures. A lot of times like you have the opposite, like at the midterms, they they make sure that there's some there's a reaction to the president and the president doesn't have to sign every budget bill. I mean, Obama often did not sign them, if I'm not mistaken, or certainly sent the word. So I'm not I, I expect nothing but worse things every president, no matter what the party. Yeah. To that point, 
He is he's expected to unveil a new plan this week called the American Family Plan, uh, another huge effort that CNN calls a huge effort at social engineering. And this plan will target education and child care and is expected to cost somewhere between one point five and one point eight trillion dollars. And that you know, child care focus is what we're, that makes me think of this cradle to career. I expect it probably to be some cradle to career in there, like we heard from Stacey Abrams and from the United Nations. And I don't even, I actually think that, I don't think the taxes, the spending is the taxes, what Ron Paul says. But I almost feel like, or I think it's true, that the spend, I think the spending is the point. So they spend, spend, spend because... The international banksters are the ones who benefit from that. It's a debt-based currency. And they use it as an excuse to increase taxes, especially income taxes, progressive income taxes, because it neutralizes the most educated, productive people in the country by every any extra ounce they might make. They can't go Ron Paul at a certain point. They just have to work themselves to death to get their kids through college or whatever. So I'm, I, I oppose those, those kind of big spending. But what's worst of all is that they're not even doing it for the reasons they say. They act like they're doing it for a social benefit. But what they're doing it is for social engineering that in, in my mind or in my observation has sinister aims. Yeah, it appears to. It appears to be aligning with the Great Reset. I know I say that a lot, but it certainly does. And this narrative about Biden having the most wonderful 100 days ever. I mean, they said they said that he has successfully started his mission to repair, restore, heal and build America, build America back better is what they're (laughs) implying there. And it's just ridiculous. They're getting ahead of the narrative. They're going to be talking about how great he's been for the next three days leading up to the speech. And then after the speech, they're going to talk about how great the speech was and how (laughs) how he's going to overcome a few challenges moving forward. But they already have the narrative predetermined and it doesn't matter what the reality of it is. I almost wonder if that kind of stuff is so blatant, like they have weaponized the media bias to the point where it keeps people angry, keeps them supporting Republicans that they never would if they examined it. I had a couple of insights. Maybe this is going too deep for right now, but a couple of insights about how they do kind of do stuff like that. That seems the opposite of their interests, but really promotes their interests either intentionally or they're just making lemonade. I'm reading this book by I think Jim Keith, the guy who did the mass control one. It's about uh, Oklahoma City. It's called OKC Bomb. And it talks a lot about how McVeigh would hand out reading material at militias and stuff that would get people that would talk about Waco and Ruby Ridge and get people super pissed about that. Now, this is a guy who I think I haven't finished the book yet, but my best guess is that he was there. He's there as an agent provocateur or did a false flag or whatever to demonize domestic terror, uh, domestic terrorism, to call domestic terrorism like for the militias and stuff. And that how do you get people to get pissed off? Well, you piss them off. And real stuff like Waco and Ruby Ridge is just the thing for it. Just like the January 6th thing was them getting, uh, let's call them the militia guys, but they're really not, uh, pissed off about the election so and we're going to talk about that election before the end of the show new developments there and then uh it also made me think okay so they take these things that are really bad things that they did and they use them to piss people off and it made me reminded me of one of those rockfin videos you played for us the skinny arab chick who said that we put cia agents or fbi agents or whatever inside these cells or these organizations, these protests like the January 6th one to sow 
discontent in so conflict within the movement. And I realized and that we probably touched on this, but I'm, I feel completely confident that the reason she came out and said we put those people in there to sow conflict is when every single solitary person who gets arrested or any of that or every group that gets arrested is just peppered with FBI, quote, informants. Yeah. Yeah. She has to have an argument like we put them there not to create problems, not to create false flags. We put them there because we're working against them from the inside. I just right. feel like that was a, co- you know, a cover Totally. Yeah. And she even called it black propaganda too. very open, gleefully open about doing those, yeah, using but they, those tactics. And they always just make it seem like they're doing it because they're fighting the good fight with it's, you. And yeah, they it's want defense. good things, not bad things. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's called they call it counter. What's it called? Counter. Not, it's counter propaganda or counter whatever. It's always a counter in what front of whatever yes. the program is. And all that means is that they're preemptively doing something. But they're yeah, they're but they are doing it. See, but it's totally misleading because she, they aren't countering anything. They yeah. are setting it up and they just need some cover. They're but countering what they're telling people they're going to this going to happen that it might yeah, be they're just completely say, fabricated. Yeah, they're just saying that you guys made me do it. And exactly right. They're making those guys do. (laughs) So let's change gears a little bit to some COVID stuff. Sadly, this is still a year plus later. Yes, it is. 50% of the news. One thing I wanted to tell people is the that uh, Israel is examining heart inflammation cases following the Pfizer shot. And I just wanted to say that. I saw a TikTok in a... So here, they're doing vaccines in the parking lots. I don't know if that's how they're doing it for you guys. Uh, They can't give them away here. Yeah. Okay. So people are like going into parking lots right till, you know, last week. I assume it's still happening this week. And there have been some TikTok videos that people have sent me of like someone having a seizure, getting CPR or whatever in the thing and being yelled at for for posting it or for taking pictures and then TikTok says it's unverified. Well, we know people who have witnessed this personally. Like it must happen so often that people we know personally going to get a vaccine are seeing people having events that require CPR in real time, like within 20 minutes. It's crazy. So, uh, so that's happening, but it's really being suppressed. And it seems to me it's being suppressed because what's the likelihood I would know actual people who were doing who that was yeah. happening to if it was so as rare as they say. And then this is saying that health officials in Israel are in. They had five million people get the shot, but only identified 62 incidents of inflammation of the heart muscle and that uh, it it only happens in one in a hundred thousand people roughly who get the shot. And they are saying that it's, it's pretty common and two people died, the rest recovered, but that that's what they would expect from the general population. Anyway, they don't think it's shot related, but I believe that's what they were saying about the blood clots at first as well, that this isn't, it's not because of the shot. And then another thing that they're saying right now, so they said in this article, the Israeli uh, official said that the benefits far outweigh the risks, far outweigh the risks. So I've been and they said the exact same thing I heard on Fox News this morning about women, young women should take it anyway, because one person might be saved from dying of COVID. And so therefore, the benefits 
far outweigh the risks. Now, <laughs> I'm I'm not sure only one woman will have will have died of the shot. Like, and so I, I went to these studies. I went to these articles, and I've been clicking through. I've been trying to find the studies that say what they've done to determine. And it seems to me that they're just saying it. Yeah. They're just saying it. <laughs> you know, they're. Not, I am not finding the studies at all. I even went to the, I think it's the FDA website. They said that they are lifting the recommendation to pause Johnson and Johnson and the agencies. This is what the title was. Agencies underscore confidence in vaccine safety and effectiveness following assessment. Available data suggests potential blood clots are very rare events, but so is death by COVID among that cohort for sure. And it says this pause is an example of our extensive safety monitoring working as they were designed to work, identifying even this small number of cases. Everything is an example of it working. It doesn't matter how horrific the side effect is. It's an example that it's working. It says the surveillance systems that are in place to monitor the safety of COVID vaccines authorized for emergency use are working. As demonstrated by both agencies' quick work to identify and investigate these rare but serious events. And, and we will continue. Since we know that COVID is going to be permanent, then these surveillance systems might as well stay in place. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah. And they, they quote the VAERS thing. But uh, anyway, and then I also heard on Fox this morning that fully vaccinated Americans will be permitted to spend their summer vacation in Europe. I'm not sure if people in the UK are allowed to leave yet, but fully vaccinated Americans, assuming that they have papers. So it'll be like straight out of Casablanca. I love these little incentives they give as though there's people sitting at home going, I'm not getting that vaccine unless I can get into London (laughs) or the Miami Heat game. Well, the problem is that people have to work. Like yeah, that. that's where it's going to that's where the challenge is. But these other ones are yeah. insulting. Yes, it is trivial. It certainly seems trivial. In other COVID news, MIT researchers, a, a new MIT study, obviously done by MIT researchers <laughs> that analyze super spreader events, including airplane travel, choir practice, stuff like that, claims that the risk of catching COVID indoors is just as bad at 60 feet as it is at six feet. And they studied just how far tiny airborne droplets containing COVID can travel. So if you're inside with a bunch of people, six feet, 60 feet, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. They say what makes a difference is the amount of people and the length of time that you're inside because they say coughing and talking and singing and whatnot, that all of that stuff creates an environment that has the virus in it. So it's not a about the individual cloud. person. That yeah, sounds more like my miasma theory than <laughs> that infection theory. And here's the thing. I'm positive. I don't have to even look at that, but I'm 100% positive that they did not do a study consistent with the scientific method. They didn't take a bunch of people, like a statistically significant sample, randomly selected, and controlled them and put six feet, 60 feet, whatever, in those circumstances, then later measured how many people in each of those groups caught COVID who didn't have it before, who couldn't have gotten it in any other way, 
You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's the the infectious nature of this thing hasn't even been proven. So these studies are just taking uncontrolled s- scenarios and speculating as to some of the factors at work. Yeah, one interesting aspect of this is and it doesn't elaborate, but they say that one of the ways that you can tell if a an environment has that cloud of COVID that you were you're, I think you coined there a moment ago, the cloud of COVID. Yes. That is testing the carbon dioxide levels in a room. That, that Calculating that can help determine how much infected air will be present. Right. But they're just, those are, those, what those are, are hypotheses. Those are hypotheses that need yeah. to be proven in scientific experiments. It's like they do, they take events and they hypothesize and they, they say that's what, is the causation and that's not how it works uh, yeah yeah a few things about masks that i i thought i'd throw out to people because yeah, go you're gonna put them in the show notes right which where can people find the show notes the proper.com okay so uh, i i put in an, a link from i think it's a 2015 study from the uk where they were trying to cut costs by eliminating masks from hospitals and people thought that was a crazy thought but the guy did the study and said there's never been a study of whether it works or not and there's no evidence that it does work so we need to study this because we could save a lot of money by not using masks anymore and it and it goes to everything from doctor to patient patient to doctor doctor to doctor like even if those droplets are even more concentrated when you use a mask there uh, i found an old an old study, maybe it's in one of these new links I put down that the holes in the masks are a thousand times the size of a virus. So yeah. <laughs> it really cannot matter. And then there's a, 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 something also, I think from 2015 where the union in Ontario for the nurses, the nurses won in their request to not be required to wear masks. And it seems to cite that there's no evidence that masks work and what they were doing to the nurses. And this is a lesson to today. They were saying to the nurses, the nurses who get the flu shot, we can't force you to get the flu shot, but the nurses who get the flu shot don't have to wear the mask all day. But the ones who don't have to wear the mask for their eight hour shift. And the nurses said it was punitive. It was meant to shame them. There was no evidence that masks work. It was uncomfortable for them. And that's exactly what they're going to do or it's consistent with what it seems like they're doing now. And then the last thing is there was somebody sent to me the link. I think it's on the National Institute of Health website. It isn't like a big study of a bunch of scientists, but it's called Face Masks in the COVID Era, a Health Hypothesis. And the the guy's a clinical exercise physiologist, which I would definitely take over these uh, doctors who work for the CDC. And it says that there, while there is not uh, scientific evidence supporting face masks, efficacy is lacking. Adverse physiological, psychological, and health fa- health effects are established from wearing face masks. They compromise safety and efficacy and should be avoided. So <laughs> that is something I recommend to people to read. And and this is where I mean. I, 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 you can give some insight if you want onto why these things are, are changing. These recommendations are changing, but it seems to me they are. And even Fauci said that it's highly unlikely for you to get it unmasked outside. And the chances are minuscule if you've been vaccinated. 
I think part of the reason for the changing standards or recommendations is so they can point to progress that they give Biden credit for. So you got to change things up so you can show the progress. And this is a way of doing that. And we might also see new air detectors where we just spray the air and say, yep, there's this amount of COVID in the air in this room. Got to blow that room up. Like FDR, they say, I I have read that his wild popularity was simply a result of his ending prohibition. That is what they in that scene, an article talking about how great Biden is. They talked about how Biden is getting away from the small government is bad of Reagan and getting back to the the. The New Deal of was it FDR? Yeah, FDR so, was the New Deal, and um, what was LBJ's? The, uh, the yeah, the LBJ is the other one they talked about. He's getting back to the FDR and LBJ days. Yeah, great. That <laughs> what could possibly people? I highly recommend people read the book Crisis and Leviathan. Yeah, if they want to know what could possibly go wrong. So. For our last big story of the Free 30, we're going to talk about how election integrity lawsuits are finally getting some mainstream press attention. And I think I've cracked the code as to why. But before we get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about in the Patron 15, which is back by popular demand, Monica's Van Halen retrospective, which I'm really excited about that. And Indivisible is coming after me on Twitter. Hardcore. I'll tell you a little bit about that. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show. You are loved. We are super excited to introduce you to our latest sponsors. Truly a product of the positive community that we have grown through the Propaganda Report. Cat and Jackie connected through our disappearing patron parties, our patron Zoom calls, and our listener-run Discord server. And in true Propaganda Report fashion, they are what we're dubbing as pink pilled. It's a combination of eyes wide open red pill with a solid there is hope white pill. And they have manifested this pink pill with a line of gear at their youareloved.store. That's youareloved.store. It's a beautiful, simple design that tells the people in your life that you are loved. It's as simple as that. The You Are Loved girls encourage you to wear your heart on your sleeve with a t-shirt or drink up love from a love mug. And for for me, as soon as I saw this, I thought, or Monica, she turned me on to this for Mother's Day because the products are beautiful, great, perfect for your mom. Mother's Day, when is Mother's Day, Monica? May 9th. So May 9th. if you ordered right now, I think you should get it. It's getting close. You want to give two weeks. Yes, you want to give you want to give two weeks and you can send them one of these you are loved mugs to your mom, even your mother-in-law to win some brownie points there. And uh, other people in your family, if you have sisters that have, that are moms, you can send them send it to them as well. So May 9th is Mother's Day. So go to you are right after the show and place those orders so they get there in time. And you don't want to miss the boat. Moms do everything. They're awesome. They're badasses. So pay your respects to them with youareloved.store. And if you haven't, check us out at patron.com slash propaganda report. If you join up at our basic truth level sponge level tier, you will get access to all of our patron exclusive content, which includes the patron 15, where we pick up where we left off here on the DMB while also letting our hair down a bit. What you'll get is the extra content every single day that we do a DMB. And you will also get the show, this show, Drive Time News Blast, completely ad free. That's 45 minutes of commercial free content every weekday. You'll also get access to the select patron only interviews, to participation in our patron mini Q&As, and you'll get 
direct access to Monica and I, as well as the entire patron community, which is a highly engaging community. So all of this for only $7 a month. So check it out. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, you can cancel at any time. Join us at patreon.com slash propaganda report. With that said, now on to the final story of the free 30. So we have been doing this thing with Garland. I do it on my YouTube channel because it's the only way I can do it. It's, it, it happened over Christmas holiday. I had to just do it. And I was traveling. I didn't have any of my stuff. So I started doing these things with him. Well, that show that I did with Garland back then was removed from YouTube. So I think it was the first show I did with him. And I started to... Obviously, I've been down this road before. We know tons of people who've been down this road before. It sucks to get taken down. I expect to get taken down from YouTube, but I highly curate that channel. Like I take stuff down. I make it private. Uh, I try not to write things in the description. It just happens. But if you get three strikes, you you lose YouTube rights forever. So I made private all of the things that I have done with Garland before. But I do worry that we're going down and going down hard. We oh, one of the things we did over the break this last week that we took off is we helped Garland and his team do a fundraiser live fundraiser, which was fraught with technical difficulties anyone who tuned in live would have seen. However, that is what happens when everybody is volunteering and doing their best and can't like go buy equipment and everything. So it was, I mean, authentic if nothing else. However, uh, our friend Ted, who is one of the guys helping or organizing it, he went ahead and cut out all that stuff and re-live streamed it yesterday. So it is on my YouTube channel right now. YouTube.com slash Monica Perez, if you want, but I have to take it down a couple of days before it gets struck. So, yeah. but I, I was surprised, like they obviously have tuned back into this. Uh, it seems like Garland's back making the rounds nationally. It's interesting. And something you told me just blew my mind. So what did yeah. you make of all that? I noticed the same thing. I noticed that this, these election challenges, these lawsuits are finally getting mainstream attention. The big lie, as they like to call it, Rachel Maddow was talking about the Arizona ballot inspection in Maricopa County. And she said that this is what she told her, her viewers. She said that literal propagandists, not propagandists, she's a propagandist, literal conspiracy theorists are going to be given, they're going to be handed over the ballots from Arizona. So the ballots are going to be put in the hands of these crazy conspiracy theorists and they're going to convince their Trump supporting fans that the election was stolen and this is what's happening right now and it's crazy. That's what she said. No one who ever questioned the integrity of an election could be anything but a conspiracy theorist. That's a fantastic point that they will in no way shed light upon. (laughs) <laughs> they would completely disconnect that reality from the, the reality they're creating. But I also heard it on CNN where they were talking about these election challenges. I think that they are trying to poison the well on the way the public feels about this, giving them the meeting before they can determine the meeting themselves. So I think they're afraid that they're actually going to find fraud in these election yes. inspection ballots. And so they need to get ahead of it. It's an absolute genius point that you're making because they, I know Garland had to pro- make a proposal, submit a proposal to the court and tried to acquiesce to everything the other side wanted, short of 
giving up entirely yeah. and he wants to he wants to make sure there's no question whatsoever as to the integrity of his analysis right. but to but he's using his own people who he thinks and and he is an expert in this he thinks that he's got the best people whether you know they're popular or maligned on social media or personally quirky or whatever it doesn't matter he doesn't care he's looking for the people who have the most experience the best software whatever but i can see the setup coming i mean what can you do i mean they you just got to keep fighting anyway i do have a a shout out and lots of thank yous if you're right let's hear it so uh thank you thank you for all to all of our new patrons hammond christine eric mary ren i feel like i've met one or two of those people over the past week so thank you so much for showing your support and by the way People kept giving me things, donations. Somebody gave me sauerkraut. Joseph, it was so good. Joseph gave me a a little keychain from St. Elizabeth Cathedral, the easternmost cathedral in Europe. I mean, just all this. Uh, uh, people came down. I, from, I got one of those as well. It was really cool. It was so sweet. Bro- drove down from South Carolina. Two different people, and both of them brought me something. Jared brought me a gardening book and Ashley brought me gluten-free cake, which was so delicious. Her sister made it for me. There were so many other things, though. I can't even go through it. The We Are Loved Girls gave us some things. I got a cool book from Brian. Uh, oh. UFO alien books. Really interesting. And he gave me some really sweet, uh, really, really very thoughtful and personal present. Like there there was just there's too much even to mention. I mean, it's really yeah, it was great. overwhelmed. It was, really, it was awesome. Overwhelmed. So thank it's good you. To, to all good to see people. everybody. Yeah, it was really great. And uh, and Lanny has a shout out and it's a great shout out. I didn't even know this myself uh, uh, about Lanny. Lanny says shout out to everyone who attended and contributed to the homesteading Zoom party on March 28th. I enjoyed myself so much. And boy, did she bring a lot of information I'm still using. They did their homework. She and Paul, it was so sweet. Uh, she said, I could have continued the conversation for hours. Raising chickens, vegetable gardens, fruit trees, composting, foraging, food preservation in all its forms, including and especially canning and fermenting. We are happy to be a part of the proper board community. This is sweet what she says. It's like, uh, she's right. I'm not, she's not lying. Well, very important. Sometimes analyzing the nonstop onslaught of propaganda can be tiring. <laughs> Conversations like these are grounding, invigorating, and inspiring. So she goes on to say, uh, the meaning these like the homesteading one are, are invigorating and fine. If anyone would like to continue the conversation, this was what was news to me. Ask us questions, share ideas. You can find us on Instagram. Please follow us at Waski Family Homestead. That's W A S as in Sam, C as in church, H as in homestead, K as in kiss, E as in Edward, family homestead, Waski family homestead, where I share photos of our latest projects, both from inside the kitchen and out on the land. We hope to hear from you. So her baby is a twin with its puppy. So that I think is funny too. I'm sure they're very hilarious. Like they, you know, are like crib mates almost. It's going to be. Oh, very so she sweet. got a puppy at the same time she had a baby. Yes, and I, yeah, and I know they, somebody like that. One of Edmund's <laughs> brothers, one of my dog's brothers, the person who adopted it, they had a baby at the same time, and 
<laughs> they send pictures of the two, and the two are yeah. inseparable. The dog is always yes. laying next, protecting the baby. They're it's, like it's litter horrible. mates. Yeah, yeah, they really are. So I didn't know that they that they kept up on the Instagram. That's really nice because these people who do that kind of stuff aren't aren't exactly busy glued to screens and social media. So it's right. really nice that they're they're breaking the fourth wall or whatever you call it. So thank you also even for the shout out for sharing that with us. And now I'm eager to tell you what I think about for unlawful carnal knowledge. All right. Well, you guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the Patreon 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day.